Hello, good evening, everyone. Happy Turkey Tuesday. How many of you are excited about what the weekend holds? I am, I am too, Mom. I'm excited about food. I'm excited about family. I'm excited about no timeline. How about that? Like you get to sleep in, no boss. That's a good one, Regina. That you can remove your name tag come Monday. Well, this is my first Turkey Tuesday message. Isn't that neat? I've never taught on Thanksgiving before, so we're going to teach it tonight. So here's the thought pattern of tonight. You're all thinking of turkeys, family, sleeping in, the OSU Michigan game. Don't even tell me you're not. I know what you're thinking about because I'm there too. So why not use that as a springboard for where we're headed, right? I'm not going to teach you anything that isn't the Bible. I'm just going to go along with your thought that's already present. The problem is I'm going to have to give you a little history lesson before we get started. Now, for those of you that know, I have three children. So I've not only gone through history once and failed in my life, but I've had three extra times to go through it and pass. I'm a little smarter. By Quentin, I had it down. Yeah, I kept the Indian outfit for him to wear for the pilgrim celebration. Okay, so in 19, ready for this? Or in 1621, see my dates are still a little rough. These pilgrims set out to find freedom and a new land. Okay? This journey was long. They had no clue what they were going to come up against. But they knew that they wanted freedom from where they were so bad. It was so bad where they were. They couldn't worship the way they wanted. They couldn't own land the way they wanted. Everything was owned by someone else. So they wanted a second chance at life. So off they happened, and that's how we found Plymouth Rock. Except no one told them that the first year they would lose half of everybody that went. There was 100 that set out. Only 50 survived. Then they met the Indians. We know the story. Most of us do. Some of us older ones have forgot and needed to go back. The bottom line was they met the Indians who gave them seed and taught them to plant corn, grow it, harvest it, tap maple trees, not oak trees, Andrew. I'll just let you know, Andrew came to teach my children how to tap maple trees, put a spout on the maple tree, but there was nothing that came out of the maple tree. And my kids kept going out to look at the five-gallon bucket. Mom, that tree's not giving up no maple syrup. I said, that's because that's not a maple tree. They said, it's not. I said, no, that's an oak tree. Andrew tapped the wrong tree. Maple trees give maple syrup. Oak trees give acorns. Thank you, Andrew. My kids had a great experience. And they taught them about maple syrup. And they taught them about things that they needed in life, how to fish so that they could provide. See, the first Thanksgiving that was celebrated was lasted for three days. This wasn't a Thanksgiving that was a Thanksgiving because they wanted to watch an OSU Michigan game. This wasn't Thanksgiving because, oh, we're happy to have a new land. They were happy for life. They were happy because the 50 that were left got to plant. And when they planted the seed, God was faithful to bring the rain. 
But the rain didn't leave the earth before it watered the seed and grew their crops so that they could have life. They could have substance. They could have food for their bodies that would provide health and healing for their families. It meant they got to live another year. When was the last time you and I gave thanks because we got to live another year? Now listen, if the pilgrims had that much to give thanks for, what more do we have to give thanks for? See, we're on a journey in this life too. We're in a journey for freedom from sin. We're in a journey to give sickness for health. We're in a journey to receive, listen, listen, wealth for poverty. Amen. We get to exchange all those things. Two years later, the president... Abe Lincoln says these words. These are beautiful words. Listen to this. This will show you where our country was then. Abe Lincoln declares in 1863, two years after Plymouth Rock, thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent father who dwelleth in the heavens to be celebrated on the fourth Thursday of November. This is why we celebrate. We celebrate to offer up thanksgiving. Now look, I get we're not farmers anymore. Not all of us. There's some of us. But not all of us are farmers. We have things to give thanks for that grow every year. We were talking at the prayer table today. Brother Philip and I, you know what? I give thanks when my kids make a right choice. That when I've raised them their whole life, I've raised them in the abonition of the Lord, and I see them choose right, I go, oh yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your word does not return void. Thank you, Lord, that that which you set out to do is working in my kids. How many of you wives or husbands have spoke over your spouses and all of a sudden you see a love note show up? And you went, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why? Because it works. It works. Prayer works. Investment in your marriage works. Those seeds that you plant, they grow. They work. How many of you have received a cost of living raise at your job? You didn't do anything to earn the raise. Nothing. But yet, your company, who's not born again, who's not serving the Lord, who isn't living under the submission of the Lord, gave you a raise. How many of you said thank you for that raise? Or did we say, well, it's about time. I deserved it. No, no, come on. I'm serious. See, there's lots of things to give thanks for. They took three days. Can we not just give one? Just one day. Hmm. It's an attitude of gratitude. Isn't that nice? An attitude of gratitude. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. That's where I want to start my text tonight. I wasn't going to start here, but over the week, this is where the Lord took me. It says, Deuteronomy 8, and we're going to start in the ninth. It's a very long chapter. It's all about obedience to the Lord. But it says, a land... Now, what we're talking about is where... This is God working with his people. He's saying, don't forget where you've come from and who gave it to you when you get there. Okay? It says, I will give you a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything 
in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of it whose hills thou mayest dig brass, when thou hast eaten and art full. Does that sound familiar? When thou art eaten and art full. I think that's Thanksgiving Day, I'm just going to say. When thou hast eaten and thou art full. See, God knows all about Thanksgiving Day. I'm just kidding. Then shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given to thee. Beware, that's a warning, that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I commanded thee this day. Now go down to the 17th verse. It's next. Here's what it says. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember that it is the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth us the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto the fathers as it is unto this day. Now listen, it says that we shall bless the Lord. And if we forget to bless the Lord, what was he saying? That we've said that it's our hand that brought it. Does that sound familiar in today's world? See, the word says that we have to be mindful. We have to be watchful that we shout bless the Lord. That's a command. That's a command. We shout bless the Lord and be thankful for what we have. 17 and 18 shows us that if we don't bless him, then we will become, you ready? Self, self-confident in ourselves. Let me tell you something. The spirit of ungratefulness is rooted in pride. It's rooted in pride. And when you forget that it's God that provides everything, your next breath, your drink of water, your seed, the harvest, your children, everything about that he's provided for you, when we forget that, we are in trouble, in trouble. And what we're saying is that we are putting ourselves above Christ and what he's done for us. Let me just sit on ungratefulness just for a minute. Just for a minute. How many of you have noticed on social media? The other day I saw, this is just one of them. The other day I saw a Christmas tree next to a very common store that we all shop at. And there was a Christmas tree blow up by the front. And someone that I know had posted did we miss something? So today I was looking for that, and this is what I found. Here's something else I found. It's not exactly the Christmas tree, but this is what it reminds me of. December, buddy, this month is my holiday. Now hop in your sleigh and wait your turn. Amen. Now listen, is it enough that Santa has stolen Christmas? that he's now stepping on Thanksgiving. Let me tell you something. When America can't take one day and give thanks for everything God provided, for who we are and what we do and how we live and what we eat and the children we raise and the jobs we work and the house we live in and the car we drive and the gas we put it in and the oil that is mined in America. 
Let me tell you something. Remember, the earth was going to grow shy of all of our resources. Now we've turned into fracking, and we know that we own more oil in the entire world, and now we're shipping it out because we've got too much. Is that not something to be grateful for? Listen, we've got to take, get back to the basics of what we're doing. We don't get, listen, thanksgiving, thankfulness. Let's just talk about it. You know, Andrew said something to me. We were talking about this, and I shared this with Andrew. And he said, how many thanksgivings, and I'm guilty. I'm just going to tell you. How many thanksgivings we sat at Grandma Waters' house, which is Randy's mom. We sat there with all these ads at Thanksgiving after we've ate. And we point out what we want for Christmas. Not anymore. Not anymore. We've got to be thankful for what's been given. And see, we're ready to move past the Thanksgiving once our bellies get full. Now we're ready to do what we want to do. And we want to get on to me, 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 me. Here's the deal. If we give thanks throughout the year for everything that we do, everything that God's done for us, Thanksgiving will just be natural, just natural for us. But some of us can't wait to get out of the house at 2 o'clock because it's time to shop. Black Friday's not on Friday anymore. It's on Thursday. We don't even get through the holiday. We don't even get through the holiday before it's over. So Thanksgiving is a part of God's word. Thanksgiving should be a part of our lifestyle every day. What I'm trying to express to you is Thanksgiving isn't just one Thursday a year. Thanksgiving is a part of our worship to Christ and the way we live our life. You've heard the saying, what if you had to live tomorrow what you were thankful for today? How many of you said you were thankful for the clothes that you wore and for the husband that you married. Because I got to be real with you, I'd be husbandless and naked because I didn't thank God for either of them. You see what I'm saying? But yet all these things are bestowed in my life every single day. And I don't even, I don't even think about them. I put on these clothes and I come to church because that's what I do. I think we need to check our mind. I think we need to truly arrest our hearts and our mind and just view whether we really are grateful year round or are we grateful because it's a holiday because I'm checking my own heart and I'm speaking real with you tonight I'm looking for an attitude of gratitude in my life all the time am I truly grateful because the word Thanksgiving means you ready for this a response to someone for something they've done, they're doing, or they're going to do. That's what Thanksgiving is. So let's think about that. Now, I want to turn to Ephesians 5.4 because I'm going to show you some things that we have to be thankful for, of course. It says, Ephesians 5, 1 through 4. Be ye therefore followers of God, dear children. So this is speaking to us, Christians, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. So here's the gift that's been given. Out of his love for us, he gave his son. Amen? But 
In other words, forget everything I just said and listen to what I'm saying now. Fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you. This is us Christians, as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. It tells me that if he's warning me that if I'm a son and a daughter, then I don't do these other things. I don't do filthiness. I don't do these nasty jestings. I don't do vain things. I give thanks. But if I don't give thanks, does that make me a disobedient child? Because further down in the list it says, For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. He tells us, everything I just wrote to you, you know they have no place in the kingdom of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. So if we partake, listen, you have to take all of the scripture. You don't just get a part. See, you don't get to say, well, I don't talk filthy. I don't do that. I'm not a whoremonger. I don't do this. And not give thanks and think that, oh, I'm good. It's all of the scripture. So we are to have a heart of thankfulness. The reason being, a heart that is not thankful begins to grow cold to the gift that God gave. If you go cold to the greatest gift, then how will you receive anything else that's in here? If you've taken for granted the very gift of God that he sent us, which was his son Jesus. And to think that wasn't a sacrifice. But yet we are to give a sacrifice of thanksgiving. How many of you think it was easy for Christ to go to the cross? God, if this cup could pass from God, if there be a way. Let me tell you something. That was his last, listen, I'm going to do what you ask because I come to do my father's will. But if there's any other way, you could think it. I sure would be interested in hearing it about right now because I'm sweating blood. Amen. Could, could you, any other way, Lord? But there was no other way. The sacrifice had to happen. So we, in return, there's days I don't feel like a sacrifice of praise either. I don't feel like a sacrifice of thanksgiving. I told Philip, I said, you're a little too fast for me today. Slow down. I haven't had coffee. What's that saying? Give me what I want first, then I'll give you what you want. That's not the way this works. That's not the way this works. See, we give thanks in all seasons, and I'm going to show you that. Let's go stay in, stay in Ephesians. I want to stay right there, and I want to go down to... The 16th, no, the 15th verse. It says, see ye then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. What was Pastor Kylan talking about earlier? Now listen to what he says. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now we're going to figure out the will. Okay, here we go. The will of the Lord is to not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves 
in Psalms. Now, wait, I just want to note that when you speak to yourself, people think you're crazy. How many of you see people talking to themselves in the car and you think, dear Lord, what is wrong with her? Well, right here, the word says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, I know most of us don't want to do that, so we'll just rip that scripture out and throw it off to the side. But number 20 is what I'm really trying to get to. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, did he say that we're giving thanks sometimes? Did he say we're giving thanks when it's good? Did he say we're giving thanks when everything's just all right? The Michigan OSU's game on, our belly's fat and full, no one's fighting in the house, all the presents are bought, they're all under the tree, and we've had enough money to pay for them. In all things. See, that's where it gets sacrificial. It's easy to give God praise when everything's going all right. It's easy to say thank you when someone treated you the way you wanted to be treated. It's not okay to have a heart of thanksgiving when you don't feel like it. But what we find is that a heart of thanksgiving is a place of faith. Listen to, the, listen to what I told you earlier. The meaning of thanksgiving is expressing to someone thanks for something they gave you, something they've done, they're doing, or they're going to do. Amen. See, when you express thanksgiving in the place where there's nothing to express thanks for, you ignite Faith. Faith begins to come alive. Thanksgiving is different than praise. Praise is talking to the Lord about who he is, his character, his attributes, his integrity, everything about him. We're in awe of who he is. We give him praise. But when you're saying thanks and praise to God, you're thanking him for what his character has done, is going to do, and is doing in your life today, whether it's happening or not. You see, thanksgiving is an ignition. Thanksgiving is a placement that you don't have to see happening around you. It just is. It needs a part of our daily walk with Christ, our daily relationship with Christ. What does it say? It says, well, I'll get there. That's Psalms 100. I'm not going to rush it. I want to tell you a story. This is important. How many of you know Selah? My, the piano player up here, not Ashley, the other black-haired longer. Okay. We're in a writing session. Don, Daniel, Ashley, myself, and Selah. And I'm telling you, we have been fretting over this song. It felt like days. We've been up there. Three days. It's not working. I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. I am so sick of reworking these same four lines. They're not working. I said, guys, we are grasping at straws. This is ridiculous. Let's just throw it away. Start over. Selah. Now, if anybody knows Selah, she's very quiet. She's not at all as loud and boisterous as I am. She said, now, Nicole. At least straws are bigger than toothpicks. <laughs> I said, well, Miss Sela, thank you very much for reminding me of that. Right now, we just need a toothpick then. 
Oh my gosh, it was so ridiculous. Now, so now when something comes up like that and Selah says something, we're like, everybody needs a Selah. Every Selah can see the goodness in anything. Listen, I'm telling you, she's so positive. She's so full of this grateful heart. But you know why? She's full of faith. She's full of faith. She doesn't get discouraged easy. I had already thrown in the goat. I'm like, I'm done. I want to go home. I don't want to write no more music. This ain't working. We need sleep and food. And Sales like, well, at least we got straws. So every once in a while, I'll bring a straw up to the writing session. I'm like, look, Selah. The point of it is, if we hear ourselves speaking negative, then you can automatically identify that there's a little seed of ungratefulness in our heart. Just a little seed. If anything and everything that comes out first is negative, so somebody says, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I heard, I heard you got a new shirt. Oh my gosh, Rady said it was so nice. And you go, yeah, but I didn't get the pants. I see. Never enough. Is that what it is? It was what Pastor Kylan was talking about. If all you can think about is what you don't have and you can't be thankful for what you do have, that's a little seed of ungratefulness. Hey, I heard, I heard you guys put an offer in on a house. That's awesome. Yeah, but we haven't got it yet. Are we believing? Are we using our faith? Come on. Step out. We're grateful. We've already received it. One of our friends just put an offer in on a house. You know what? They've been speaking from the beginning of time. That's our house. That's our house. That's our house. We're moving this week. We're going to move this week. I said, did you close? Not yet, but we're moving this week. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see what I'm saying? If you sense that negative in your life, then you've got to ask why. Where did that come from? And root that seed of ungratefulness right out of your heart. And don't let it grow back. I'm telling you. And be careful that the people you're around aren't sowing ungratefulness and discontentment in your life. Because those people that we have to protect our thankfulness. We have to protect the spirit of thanksgiving in our life. Because I'm telling you, the devil comes to steal it every single day. With circumstances that are around us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. Here's that all word again. All circumstances. Philip, what's something in your life that is not happy that you could give thanks in? All. Give me a thanksgiving sentence that you could say to show these, these parishioners how we would give thanks. Hmm. And it can't be about Regina because I want you to have a good weekend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's true. That's truth. Come on, I give mean, me something. What do I have to not be thankful for? Oh. I tell you what, Nicole, I would love to give you something, but honestly, right now, I don't know what I have that's negative in my life enough to... Now, you know what that says to me. You know what that says to me, Philip? That tells me that you see God in every single one of your situations. Every single one. You see the outcome, not the situation. Amen. 
How many times can we, listen, every situation right now that you're facing that is negative in your life, I don't care what it is, you need to write a sentence of thanksgiving in your prayer journal about that situation and just start giving God thanks for it. That is an action of faith being lifted up every single time. We've got to become faithful about giving thanks in the heart of a situation that, quite frankly, sometimes in the natural looks very ugly. It's not a pretty sight, but that's all right. Through God's eyes, the victory has already been given. And thanksgiving becomes a place of steadfastness. It becomes a place that I'm immovable. It becomes a place where you're fully assured and persuaded of your faith and who your God is. Ungratefulness comes because we're children of disobedience and we serve the wrong God. We look for self-reliance. We look in the devil's eye. I'm telling you, we've got to rid ourselves of our self-reliance, depend on who God is, and return to a heart of gratefulness this season. Now, I'm going to finish up because I know there's women got to get their turkeys on. My goal was to get you out of here by no later than 8.15 tonight because I know how this works. She's got to stuff hers. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Well, then I can stay an extra half hour. I won't. I won't. Let's go to Psalms 100. To me, this scripture says it in a nutshell. Everything that we talk about with praise and thanksgiving is right here. Psalms 100. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. That's all of us. You could say, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye communities and cities around. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Listen, we're thankful that he gave us life. He made us. The greatest gift of all was given to us. I close tonight with the scripture that says, 2 Corinthians 9, 15. So simple. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The cross. The cross. In that scripture, it's actually talking about faith. But it's cross. Could we not be grateful tonight, this season, and continue November the 4th Thursday all the way through the next year if we had to live off of what we were thankful for today? Could I live tomorrow? Because I'll tell you this, if that was griping, I would so be covered. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. We've got to guard our heart of thanksgiving and don't let it turn into a heart of selfish pride that only preserves itself. 
and thinks that our self gave us everything that we have. And it was our hands, it was our intelligence, it was our wisdom. It was our own work that got us where we are. Everything we have is because God gave it. Everything that we own is because he let us own it. Everything in this earth is his, including me. And I'm just his simple farmer. Amen? Let's be grateful this week. Let's really put it on and let's continue this season throughout. And let's become a church that is grateful and a people that live and make Thanksgiving a part of our worship. All right? All right, stand to your feet. I'm going to let you go home early tonight. Father, we just come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. And God, I just, right now, Father, I want to take the moment, Lord, that we would self-examine our hearts. God, I know that I've had this moment with you because I knew what I was teaching on. And Father, you revealed some places of ungratefulness in my heart. God, I've repented and I turn from those. But God, I ask you amongst the crowd tonight, Father, that we would reflect for just a moment. And God, we would ask you, Lord, to reveal in our hearts any places, God, of pride, self-reliance, and spirits of ungratefulness in our heart. God, we want to be a thankful people. Reveal it to us, Lord, that we could see and turn from that prideful way. In the name of Jesus. God, I ask you that we would return back to Bible 101. Bible 101. The simplicity of Christianity that even a child can understand to say thank you and please. Check our hearts, God. Father, I ask you, Lord, you said that if we would pray for our nation... Father, we would repent and turn from our ways, God, that you would heal our land. Father, you see the spirit of our nation and in the ungratefulness in this nation. God, I ask you, Lord, it starts with us. We've repented, God, and we turn from our way. Heal our land, God. Heal our nation, Father, from the ungratefulness in their heart. God, that they would be grateful once again, Father, and return to our roots and identify, God, that we give thanks to our beneficent Father who gave us the yield, who made us what we are, who blessed our lands. God, bless our nation. In the name of Jesus, God, restore us and heal us, God. And Father, this weekend, Father, the rest of this week as we celebrate, God, we ask that you keep our families well, keep us whole, Father, there's awkward situations at Thanksgiving dinner. God, I ask that you help us through them. And Father, give us the way. Father, remind us to be thankful in all situations, Father, as we celebrate the goodness of our Lord and our Savior. And Father, just bring us all back safe together on Sunday, Father, as we celebrate your name with praise and thanksgiving once again on Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray.